Hello and welcome back to Pastoral Parsha. I'm Hody Nemus, a third-year rabbinical student at YCT Rabbinical School. And I'm Michelle Friedman, Chair of Pastoral Counseling at YCT. In each episode of this podcast, we explore psychological insights gleaned from the Torah portion of the week. And we also share with our listeners concepts and techniques that are taught in the Pastoral Counseling Program at YCT, where we try to integrate Torah wisdom and contemporary understandings from modern psychology. Our Parsha today is Ki Tavo. We're in the book of Devarim, Deuteronomy, chapter 26, verse 1, through chapter 29, verse 8. And our theme today is going to be dealing with insanity, understanding the experience of psychosis. Our Parsha famously opens with the bringing of first fruits uh, to the temple on Shavuot, the, the festival of first fruits, and thanking God for all the blessings that he has bestowed upon the nation. And that's the theme of this Parsha, blessing, but also curses. This Parsha contains the Tochacha, which is a almost stupefying litany of curses that will befall the Jews if they disobey the covenant. And indeed, it sadly reflects much of subsequent Jewish history. Some of these curses are physical. There'll be plagues, drought, horrible war. But many of the curses listed in this parsha are clearly psychological. It's almost like a reading the DSM, the, the psychology handbook. Later, it says that the Lord will strike you with shiga'on, ivaron, uvetimhon levav, madness, blindness, and dismay, and that you will find no peace. Your foot will not find a place to rest. God will give you there an anguished heart and eyes that pine and a despondent spirit. No pasuk sums it up better than chapter 28, verse 34, where it simply says, You will go insane from the visions that your eyes will behold. So this is truly a painful and very vivid description of what people have experienced since the beginning of time. People stricken with severe mental illness who experience psychosis. Psychosis being symptoms that are a break from reality. And to illustrate this, we're going to use a story. And we're going to talk about a character who we're calling Pearl. Pearl Schwartz, who's age 20. And she begins to exhibit bizarre behavior her sophomore year at an elite university. Pearl tells her roommate that she thinks she is being filmed in the shower, that people are watching her, that people are invading her thoughts. Pearl mumbles to herself as though she is responding to voices, in other words, auditory hallucinations, that only she hears. When her dorm advisor finally gets Pearl to student health, Pearl tells the psychologist that she is cursed, that Pearl is cursed, and that she is being punished for having had evil thoughts. So, Michelle, how do we know that this is an example, what Pearl's going through is an example of psychosis? Doesn't everyone who's maybe feeling a little blue struggle with 
knowing exactly what's real, what isn't, you know, being a little irrational? Well, probably not, actually. The kinds of symptoms that we gave our fictional character, Pearl, are really extreme. Now, while they may be symptomatic from a number of causes, which would include toxic substances, maybe an extreme medical condition, they are also signs and symptoms of severe mental illness, such as a psychotic break with depression or bipolar disorder or a schizophrenic break. So I do want to emphasize to our listeners that these kinds of symptoms, such as auditory or visual hallucinations, uh, psychotic thinking, a paranoid ideation where you think that people are after you, are changing your thoughts, uh, people having fantastic powers. While that can be caused by a lot of different reasons, they're really that the person who's experiencing them cannot discriminate the experience of those things from reality. There's what we call a break in reality testing. They are absolutely terrorized themselves. This is not fun or interesting or exciting. While there may be some sort of stimulating and special aspects to this, uh, feeling like you have a special mission or a calling or whatever other kind of fantastic delusion might be going on. These people are suffering terribly mm. and are really uh, frantic with not knowing what's real and what's not real. Sounds quite painful. Terribly painful. Terribly painful. And, and is there any sign beforehand that Pearl, like, it, it was Pearl just going about her daily life and then suddenly this hits? Is there any sign beforehand? This well, day? you know, in the, in the vignette here, I didn't give an etiology. For our purposes of mental illness, I would say we wouldn't have Pearl be, a, let's say, a substance user. She's not on ecstasy or coke or having a really bad experience with weed or acid. And she's not super medically ill. Like She doesn't have a tremendously high fever or some kind of meningitis that could also cause these kind of symptoms. Usually, you know, I, this we're not going to talk about all kinds of uh, the, the, the details of mental health, but usually these things don't come on that suddenly. Usually there's a little, there's somewhat of a prodrome, either days or weeks or sometimes even months where a person seems odder, more detached, uh, having kind of more bizarre behavior. So usually it's kind of like a slow progression. And how do you help someone who's enduring this dark night of psychosis? How do you relate to them? Well, I think the most important thing is to stay by them um, and to get them help. Um, and certainly while they're recovering, hopefully, to not abandon them. Because mental illness is not pretty. It's very scary and creepy to see somebody that you know kind of almost be taken over. I mean, the people don't use the expression Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde for no reason. It's as though the person is really changed in front of you and there isn't a physical explanation for it. So like when you see somebody who's really sick in a hospital bed, you know, it's clear they're sick, you're not. But when you see somebody who is really in the throes of some kind of extreme mental illness, it's sort of hard to sometimes feel like, wait, could, I, could that be me? Yes. Could that happen to me? Yes. So I think we're even more avoidant of mental illness. I mean, think about it. How many Beaker Holm visits do people make to people on an inpatient psych ward? Insanity is really scary. Wow. And it could happen. Yeah. You, right? Yeah. Yeah, it could happen. It Unlikely, could happen. but it could. Right. So we talked a lot about curses in the Torah portion. Is this truly a curse in the sense of... You can't escape. Like in terms of something like schizophrenia, yeah. is there hope of being cured? While it can feel like a curse, and it does alter people's lives, 
we should be hopeful. The vast majority of people with medication, with therapy, with a supportive family and environment can lead really productive and fulfilling lives. But it does often take a lot of support. Let's talk about Jewish communities. Right. Can they be a home for people who are suffering from psychosis? From I hope that the Jewish community is. I hope that synagogues are not just in Jewish community centers and schools and all kinds of other programs are not just for the beautiful and the pleasant and the wealthy and the whatever. Psychologically. The psychologically yeah, well-balanced. I hope that Jewish community is a home for all kinds of people. That schools, shuls, Jewish community centers, camps, all kinds of institutions and places can make space for all kinds of people. The difficulty is that people with major mental illness are often quite unattractive from a physical point of view and from a behavioral point of view. They can have very unpredictable behaviors. They cannot be sort of socially fluent or far from that. They can seem odd. They can seem creepy. They can seem scary. The truth is that most of these people are much more frightened of other people than they are frightening or that they will do scary things. But it takes effort to be nice to a person who doesn't respond appropriately, who seems to be distracted, who seems to be disheveled, who might have a, a shopping bag or two too many. At the same time, I do teach our students that they have to make their institutions safe. So not just anybody who walks in with 10 shopping bags is going to be welcomed at a kiddish or should be sent to somebody's home for lunch. We need to vet people and get to know what's going on with them and to interface with their care system, find out what's going on before sending them into a more private domain. I do want to make a recommendation in terms of reading here, a book that I read relatively recently, which is called The Center Cannot Hold. And the author, Ellen Sachs, that's E-L-Y-N, Sachs, S-A-K-S, is a woman who herself has schizophrenia, but is also gifted with tremendous intelligence and is a law professor. And she huh. gives a description in the book that is the, one of the most vivid, personal, from the inside descriptions of major mental illness. And she really, it's kind of like out of our Parsha. She gives a sense of what the curse can be, but she also gives a sense of hopefulness. And maybe hopefulness is really a blessing. So I want to invite our listeners to please give feedback. And if you would like to write to us, use the address mefriedman at yctorah.org. And we wish you all a Shabbat Shalom.